One of the great desires among all humans is to find our God-given purpose, to develop that purpose and to live on purpose, to fulfill whatever it is that we were put on this earth to accomplish. It was Mark Twain who said, two of the greatest days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. (laughs) And finding out why is something that we as people may go through a lifetime discovering. Why in the world am I here? What was I put here on earth to do? What am I supposed to accomplish? Over these past few weeks, we've taken a look at the subject of fear. And we've looked at some biblical remedies, some biblical ways, some Uh, words from God that tell us how we can overcome fear. And so far, we've taken a look at the power of prayer. Going to God first. We learned in that week that we should look to Him alone. We should look to Him first. We should look to Him only. And He, when we look to Him, He will replace our fear with His peace. We looked last week with Justin. Pastor Justin did an amazing job. We looked at the power of presence, and we learned in the power of presence that true peace is found when the presence, when we find the presence of the one who's bigger and stronger than any of our fears. And today, as we come to a close in this message series, we're going to be taking a look at the power of purpose. Because I believe that there is great power and there is great peace when we can discover whatever it is that we were created to do. You know, I think uh, this year, 2020, it's like, and it's unlike any other year. And even when I say that, it sounds like I'm saying that, like, you know, there might be some other 2020s. I'm praying against that, I promise you, okay? I hope you are too. But 2020 is kind of an easy target of our fear, right? It's kind of easy to blame 2020. The reality is, is that prior to 2020, on any other given year, we had fear that existed as well, right? Might have been a little bit further beneath the surface, but it was there. We might have had fear because of some relationship that we have that's gone south. We might have fear around some kind of financial difficulty that we've had. We might have fear because we didn't accomplish what we wanted to in our careers, or maybe we're struggling through our careers or students in school or with friends, and we may have fear because we fear being rejected by the people that we love the most. And the fact is, is that we have built in hardwired because of sin, because we live in this world and because we're humans, certain fears. All 2020 did was just be an easy target. All it did was rear its ugly head and give us a lot more to fear. But the fact is, is that when circumstances come our way, those fears are realized, and they're realized in a huge way. The fear of not accomplishing whatever it is we were born to do is one of those things that can cause great anxiety. Over the past few years, there were many different surveys that were conducted on college campuses, and they all showed 
in recent years that 40% or more of college students deal with clinical anxiety while in college, and 20% or more take psych, uh, uh, psychotropic medication for those anxieties and fears and depression. See, even in discovering our purpose, we might have to face some of our fears. But in discovering our purpose, I think our God-given purpose, we can come to the place where our fears are alleviated, they're remedied, and we can find peace. And I realize that this is a message that I'm giving to a place called Hilton Head. And a lot of you, by the way, thank you so much for those of you who are in the room today, man. Thank you, guys. This is awesome. We had a big crowd in the first service, a big crowd here. Thank you. Give it up for yourselves this morning. Way to go. I'm really glad that you're here, but I'm also glad that our online audience is here. Why don't we give it up for them, all right? Thank you, guys, for joining online this morning. You can find the notes that we'll be taking a look at. You can turn to Joshua chapter 1. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 1. You can find those notes on our website. If you use Uvirgin, you can also find those full notes in the event associated with Hilton Head Island Community Church there at Uvirgin. I realize that teaching this kind of or preaching this kind of message here on Hilton Head Island, there are a lot of different groups of people here, but we have a large number of groups of people who are in retirement and in your minds you might already be tuning out if you're in that category, because you might think, purpose, I've already accomplished that. Please don't do that, not for my sake, but for yours. <laughs> because I believe that until we have breathed our last breath, we are on purpose. We were created for a reason, and we were created to fulfill that purpose throughout all of our lives, and that includes this part of your life and my life. If you are, happen to be, I'm not, by the way. I don't want to make that sound like I'm retired because I'm not. But if you're in that period of your life, if you're in you know, kind of that season of your life, please don't discount this because it could be that the fear that you're facing is underlying because the, the fear that you're facing is a fear that maybe, maybe, maybe you've had this great vocation and great career, but maybe you haven't seen God's purpose for your life realized as well. And so don't discount this message just because you think you have arrived. You know, some of the stats that we talked about a few weeks ago and some of these stats talking about college students, 40% or more who deal with clinical anxiety highlights the first idea that I think we must face and that is, is that in our lives a lack of purpose leads to fear. A purposeless life can become very easily, can become very easily a fearful life. When we lack purpose, it leads to anxiety and it leads to worry and it leads to fear. Purposelessness leads to fear and fear leads to purposelessness and it can become a huge vicious cycle when we aren't on purpose for God. The great philosopher Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast once said, life is so unnerving for a servant who's not serving. It's true, isn't it? 
See, I just had to keep up with Justin, who last week uh, used a Disney, uh, a Disney film, a cartoon film, uh, in one of his quotes. Actually, he sent me that, and it's perfect, because life is so unnerving. As he sang, I'm not going to sing it for you today, because I don't want you to be afraid, okay? So, but he said, life is so unnerving for a servant who is not serving, and that is so incredibly true, isn't it? When we are not on mission, when we are not on purpose, it can lead to great fear. And all throughout Scripture, we see the characters that God put their steps together to be used by Him, and we see their purpose being fulfilled. We see God's purpose in their life being fulfilled. We see it over and over and over again. But one whose purpose came so suddenly in the midst of great sadness is a man by the name of Joshua. And I love Joshua. And some of you have probably studied Joshua. Some of you know that he was the one that took over things from Moses, which is a huge statement in and of itself. And I think that sometimes, maybe it's because of veggie tales, or maybe it's because of flannel graphs, which is the way that we learn the Bible stories. And some of you have no idea what a flannel graph is. Google it, you'll have fun, okay? So some of us learn by cartoons. Some of us learn through God's Word, actually reading God's Word, but we, we learn through flannel graph. We, we kind of have this idea that Moses was the old, you know, the, the old guy and that Joshua and Caleb were young, but the reality is, is that when we come to this point in Scripture that we're going to look at today, Joshua was probably somewhere between like late 60s and early 80s. And so my flannel graph was wrong because Joshua on the flannel graph that I learned had a nice clear face with a beard that hadn't turned gray like mine does when I grow it out. And like, man, I'm telling you, Joshua looked good on that flannel graph, right? But he was in his probably 60s, 70s, or 80s when this happened. Moses had mentored him. He was one of the spies that was sent out into the land. And there is the nation of Israel on the verge of victory, on the verge of seeing the promised land. They can see it. They can probably smell it. They, they can understand what's going on because it's right there on the other side of the Jordan River. And they're camped out there, and they're ready to go. They're waiting to go. And we come to this point in time at that great moment of, of uncertainty, yet great hope. And here's what we read in Joshua chapter 1 that the nation of Israel, nation of Israel experienced, that Moses, my servant, is dead. So here's this great man who led the Jewish people out of captivity, after 400 years of being in Egypt, led them across the sea, the Red Sea, on dry land, listened to God, went up to the mountain, received God's commandments, brought them down and taught the people. He led them through the wilderness for 40 days where they whined and complained. And all of a sudden, there they are on the verge of victory. And Moses is dead. And I would imagine that in, in Israel, in the, among the Jewish people at that time, there was probably a lot of murmuring, similar to what happens in the months before an election here in the United States of America. Like, hey, I, I've got this guy, he'd be perfect for the job. He's got all the qualifications. I promise you he's done all the right things. His resume is great. Uh, his CV is just right. Like, he is ready to go. 
And then there's a group of people that are saying, no, 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 I got the guy over here. This is the guy. And then there's probably a whole other group of people that are like, hey, look, Moses was terrible. We don't need to have anybody that was under his umbrella. Remember, his own father-in-law had to approach him about stuff that he was doing that wasn't right. And God got mad at him because he got mad at God and he'd struck the stick. There's a reason he can't go into the promised land. Like there was probably all kind of chaos going on. And in the midst of that chaos and uncertainty, God chooses Joshua. He breaks through the fear and he does something amazing. Look at the second half of Joshua 1, verse 2. Addressing Joshua himself, God says this, Now, therefore, because Moses is dead, now, because Moses is dead, Joshua, go over, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. See, for Joshua, his purpose came in a moment. It came quickly, it came suddenly, but for the nation of Israel, it came at the right moment. See, in Joshua's greatest moment, possibly of uncertainty in his life, God gave him purpose. God gave him purpose. In the midst of potentially his greatest anxiety, God gives him a mission to be on. And in the midst of potentially his greatest fear, God calls Joshua. Listen, church, I want you to hear this. He calls him to action. You see, it's God's job to give us our purpose. I think we all can agree on that, right? Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus and Ephesians, and he says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Like God gives us a purpose, but God gives us a purpose, but it's our job to work that out. Now listen, I want you to hear something. First and foremost, for your life and for my life, God has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose for your life. Whatever stage of life you're at, whatever chapter of life you're in, whatever season you are, whether you are right at the beginning of understanding this or whether you are a seasoned Christ follower and you've been living on purpose, God has a purpose for all of us. We are his workmanship created for good works. That's what Paul said. We are created for something, and sometimes vocationally that lines up with our career. Sometimes it may not necessarily line up with our career, but often it does. But we were created for a purpose, and God's job is to give us our purpose. But I want you to hear this, church. While it's his job to give us our purpose, our job is to cultivate that purpose. Our job is to cultivate God's purpose. For our lives. See, sometimes I think that we, we may kind of make up in our minds that it's God's job to give us our purpose, and then he'll take care of everything. And yes, he has the ability to take care of everything, and he will take care of everything. But listen, I want you to hear that our job is to cultivate whatever God has given to us, whatever talents and skills and abilities and personality and temperament and experience God has given, it, given to us, our job is to cultivate that purpose. That's our job. And when we 
are on the job of cultivating God's purpose, our fears are alleviated. We find peace in that. I, uh, I didn't grow up even close to living in a um, farmer's home by any stretch of the imagination. I grew up in suburban Atlanta, bland and boring, right? It was great. I loved it, but it was bland and boring. All right, but when I was a kid, my parents had me um, take some cucumber seeds. They wanted me to learn a little bit of science in the summer. So in the spring, we planted cucumber seeds around this beautiful oak tree. We were living in Orlando at the time. And, and now that I think about this, I'm glad because if we'd been living in Atlanta, I would have had to plant this in clay and it probably wouldn't work too much. But anyway, it was beautiful. We planted these cucumber seeds underneath this beautiful oak tree and, and you know, we watered them and we cared for them and it was kind of my job to go out there. And so after a while, you know, at first it was just brown dirt and I knew the seeds were down there, but I didn't see anything. There was no results of that, but I watered them and it, we made sure that, you know, there was light obviously from the sun and, and that sort of thing. And, and so after time, after a few weeks I, I was really surprised as a kid because all of a sudden there's a little bit of green pushing out of the ground loved it like oh man this is really working and then over time the vine began to grow and after a while there was some little fruit on there that had been produced and all of a sudden we had cucumbers until one day the landscape guy dug up all the weeds around the yard and he thought those were weeds and all my cucumbers were gone <laughs> I realized my purpose wasn't to be a farmer in that moment by the way But you know, God has put us on a mission. He has given us a purpose. Our job is to cultivate that. And the world is going to do everything it can to work against whatever the purpose is that God has given you. Whatever season of life you're in, however you're working that out. And the second idea that I want you to be reminded of today is that purpose requires action there's action that we need to take around our purpose we can have been given a life purpose but not be living our lives on purpose see God can communicate through many different ways whatever that purpose is for our life and we can be people who are just idle in terms of our purpose stuck in neutral, I've been there before. Maybe we all have been there before. Dale Carnegie says this, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Man, that is so true, isn't it? Inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, don't sit at home and think about it. Go out and get busy. This is why when people lose jobs, my, my recommendation, especially with us men, my recommendation is for us to go out and to get another job until the right job comes along because the idle mind, it's, there's an old quote, the idle mind is the devil's playground. It's really true, isn't it? The idle life is as well. The idle life is the devil's playground as well. And the fact is, is that when we are bored and idle and unproductive, we have a tendency to give in to the fear that we hear around us. 
When we are idle, when we are, 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 are stationary, our minds will begin to buy in to what we hear around us. It'll begin to buy into the, the noise that we hear all around, whether, wherever it's coming from. And all of a sudden, that drowns out the purpose and the mission that God has us on. And man, right now, right now in our world in 2020 with all the problems with all the, the conflict that we see, massive, massive conflict, with all the disagreeing opinions about everything in the world, and it begins with COVID-19, but it ends with smaller stuff. Right now, some of you need to hear this, and I know I'm gonna step on some toes and I'm okay with that. Some of you just need to stop listening to the news for goodness sake. Like, I get it, it's on in the background when you walk in your house, and it's on when you wake up in the morning, and it's on when you come home from work or wherever you've been throughout the day. It's on all the time. And I don't care what, you know, network it is, what background it is. Listen, I want you to hear this, y'all. It is all noise. And it just leads us, whether we think it's good or not, it leads us down a path of fear, and it drowns out God's purpose for our life. And right now, we as people in the midst of trying to understand what's truth and what's a lie, in the midst of this, we are so desperately trying to take a hold of something, and all it's doing is just feeding us negativity, and it's feeding that fear that we have in our lives. For some of you, it's maybe not news, but it's social media. Some of you are like, I get my news from social media. Yeah, I might want to like rethink that too. Look, we've all been there before, right? I remember years ago after 9-11, we had so much anxiety in our home after 9-11 um, that we just decided to stop listening to the news. I mean, I'm a political science major, man. I love politics, not anymore. I don't like it anymore, especially this year. But like, I love listening to what's going on and I loved having it on in the background. But what I realized is it was pulling me down. It was pulling Cynthia down. It was causing us to be off mission for him, to be off purpose for him. And for some of you, Getting on purpose for him or maybe getting back on purpose for God means stop listening to the noise, the junk that is so prevalent out there. Because even in trying to discover the truth, we may miss the truth of God's word. When it was time for Joshua to receive his purpose from God, God instructed Joshua to take action to not be idle, to not sit around, but to take action. He says, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. And my question for you today is what action do you need to take in cultivating the purpose that God has given you? What action do you need to take in your life to cultivate the purpose God has given you. For some of you, it's simple like discovery. You need to discover God's purpose for your life. Maybe you're in college or you're a young single or young married or whatever, and you need to discover your purpose 
for life. Or maybe you, maybe you need to develop your purpose for life. Maybe you've discovered that, but you need to develop it. By the way, for both of those two, for all of this, on our website on HiltonHeadIslandCC.org, if you go to the shape profile, that is an excellent tool to help you flesh some of these things out. Because you can find out your shape, your spiritual gifts, your abilities, your personalities, your heart. I think I missed the H. I do know how to spell shape. I promise. <laughs> your heart, your abilities, your experiences. And that'll help you to discover your purpose for God. Maybe you've already gone past that discovery and development phase. Maybe you need to renew your purpose for God. Maybe you need to ask him to renew that. Or maybe you need to ask him, God, to reveal what the new purpose is. Maybe it's time for you to retool. I've gone through that in recent years. Even last weekend when I was gone, I was asking God, God, renew my purpose. I know what it is. We all need that from time to time. We all need that from time to time. For some of you, it may be completing God's purpose for your life. By the way, I'm going to say this, and I realize this isn't popular. That's two times I've said that today. This isn't popular either, but the Bible doesn't speak of retirement. I may have just lost most of my church. <laughs> the Bible doesn't talk about retirement. And in our culture, retirement is a natural, normal thing, right? That's fine. But you know what? Even if you retire from your vocation or your career, that doesn't mean that you have to check out. And I don't believe that God's called any of you to check out of life in the last two years or 20 years of your life, whatever that may be. God has called you for a reason. And he's given you a purpose. And until your last breath, until my last breath, we need to be people on purpose for him. The last big idea. That's where we'll end today, is that purpose replaces fear. Purpose replaces fear. When we find and develop and cultivate that God-given purpose for our lives, it is something that can replace the fear that once existed. And God understands and knows that within that calling, within that purpose, that there is going to be a, a certain amount of fear. Look what he does with Joshua. I want you to know, notice in Joshua, verses, Joshua 1, verses 5 through 9, how many times he challenges Joshua to be strong and courageous. Check this out, verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses so I will be with you. I will not leave you. Listen, 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 listen. I will not leave you nor forsake you. See, once you find and once you cultivate God's purpose for your life, he won't leave you. We may wander from him a time or two, but he won't leave you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous, this is what he tells Joshua. For you shall cause, you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. And I'm sure Joshua's like, what? Me? I'm your guy. I have to fill those shoes? That was Moses, man. They're gonna make a movie about him one day. I gotta fill those shoes? 
And God knew that. And so in verse 7, he says it again. Only be, say it with me, strong and then very courageous. Being careful, and here's where he links it is in with the obedience. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law, he says, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then, he says, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Man, there's a whole message series right in those three verses. That is rich with stuff. That's rich with stuff. Because essentially, he's connecting success to obeying God's law. But look at verse 9. If if God didn't understand that Joshua might have had some fear in his calling, he says it again. God does understand that he had fear in his calling because he says it again. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. It's the third time that God speaks those words over Joshua. Three times. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. See, God gives Joshua promises. He says, I promise you that I won't leave you or forsake you. He says, I promise you that you'll inherit the land previously promised. I promise you that success will be yours. And the challenge that he gave to Joshua is be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. God's promise and God's challenge are tied together. His promises and his challenges in your life are tied together. And like no other time in our history, God, I believe, is telling us, his people, to be strong and courageous. But his promise is true. He will never, never leave us or forsake us. See, God's purpose combined with God's promise fuels our courage. When we understand what we're created for and when we live according to God's promises, then our courage is fueled. Then we're ready for the battle. We know what the end game is. Listen, church, in 2020, in the midst of this crisis, you know what the world needs to see? It needs, the world needs to see our love. We talk about that a lot. But you know what the world needs to see from us? The world needs to see peace from his people. Because we know who wins in the end, don't we? We know the outcome. We know who's going to win. And so we should be fueled when we find his purpose for our life. We should be fueled by that and his promises. If there's anything that you missed, I want you to hear this, that God replaces fear with courage when we choose to live on purpose for him. Whether it's vocationally, 
whether it's in our career, whether it's at school, whether it's in our neighborhoods, whether it's at church or in our communities, God will replace the fear that we have about the unknown with courage when you and I choose to live for him. When we take Jesus' words in Matthew 6.33 seriously, when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. The NIV, I believe, says, and then all these things will be added to you. See, the first part is our part. The first part is our part. Seek him and his kingdom, and then all these things will be added to you. Our fear will be replaced with peace when we tap into the power of prayer. Our fear will be replaced with peace when we enter into the power of God's presence, as Justin told us last week. But today I want you to hear that our fear will be replaced with peace when we follow the power of God's purpose. My question to you today as we end is what do you need to do? What action do you need to take in terms of your God-given purpose. Maybe you've wandered a little bit. Maybe you've strayed from that a little bit. Maybe you've gotten away from that. Maybe you've never discovered it. M maybe you're someone who's in the season. You're like, yeah, I'm getting pretty close to the age that you mentioned Joshua was at. And like, you know, man, I've, I've let that get away from me a little bit. Maybe it's developing it. Maybe it's discovering it, but maybe it's renewing it. And maybe it's completing it. Church, imagine what he would do. Imagine what God can do when his people in the church, this church, in this community, but when his church, capital C, around the world, imagine what he can do with a bunch of people like Joshua who lived lives with a thought in mind that, man, I can be strong and courageous, not because of anything I can do from within, because I'm reliant on the one who gives us the strength and the courage in the first place. Father, I just pray for anyone within the sound of my voice who if they were really honest, they would say there's not been much action recently in terms of my purpose. There's been a lot of idle sitting around, just waiting. But God, when you gave Joshua that purpose, when you made it clear in your time, the first thing that you did is you said, arise and go. And yes, Father, the, the message that Justin preached last week of being in your presence is still true. In fact, that precedes us finding our purpose. We can't find our purpose until we find rest in you. And God, I thank you for that message as well. But Holy Spirit, would you challenge those of us who are maybe just sitting idle, maybe even on the sidelines, maybe not so sure that you could use us after what we've done, but you can. Maybe not so sure that our talents and spiritual gifts and abilities and experiences measure up to be used by you, but they do. 
maybe thinking that there's so many circumstances in our home and in our life that there's no possibility that there's any room to be used by you, but there is. And maybe it's just fear. Maybe we conjure up in our mind and make up in our mind every reason why being used by you is so incredibly dangerous, but it doesn't have to be because you encourage us to overcome our fear, to have strength and courage because of you. And Father, if you gave that mission, if you gave that message and that purpose to Joshua, Father, you can give it to each person who's listening, whether online, live, whether online during the week or right here in this room. Father, I pray for those who need to discover their purpose or develop their purpose. God, I pray that you would help them to do just that. I pray that you would put the tools and the people in their life where they can do just that, where they can find what on earth they're here for. And Father, for those who just need to be renewed in their calling or maybe they need to retool in terms of their purpose, or those who just need to be reminded, complete the purpose until our dying breath. Father, I pray that you would help us to complete the purpose, come what may, regardless of what we face in life. Circumstances, whether personal or global, or all around us. God, I pray that we would be people who find peace because we understood our purpose for you in this world. Thank you for this, this message from your word. Holy Spirit, may you lead and guide right now. In Jesus' name, I pray.